the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, he says, Be happy in your faith, and rejoice and be glad-hearted continually, always. You see, that's your greatest response, your greatest testimony. I know people, in fact, we were talking about this at breakfast this morning, I know people who read books on how they're going to respond to the, to the Mormons or to the Jehovah's Witness or to whomever, you know, what they're going to say when they're approached and how they're going to do this. You know, if God leads you to read the book, read the book, okay? But I want to tell you, your greatest testimony is the joy of the Lord. You know, the greatest thing you can say to them is, Hey, it's okay. I know you've got your beliefs. I know you want to tell me about it, but I want to tell you something. I have an intimate relationship with my Savior. He loves me. I walk with Him daily. I can talk to Him. There has not been a single thing that I've gone through in my life that He hasn't been more than sufficient He has nurtured me. He has protected me. He has provided for me. He has blessed me. And one day I'm going to heaven to spend eternity in His presence. I am so excited about what I believe. If what you believe works for you, then go with God. But if you want something that really works, let me tell you about my Jesus. Now, they can argue with your doctrine, but they can't argue with your testimony. They can't argue with the truth of who you are, the truth of your God. Because no matter how mature you are in the Lord, no matter how long you've walked with Him, you have something within you that will speak to the truth. Number one, regardless of how close you see yourself to God right now, you know, you know within the depths of your being, you have a God who loves you. That you have a God who saves you. That you have a God who provides for you. That you have a God who protects you. Now you may not have entered into the truth of that experientially, but you know that within your being. What greater testimony can you bring forth? He says, be glad. Be happy. Well, you know what he's saying? He is saying, put on the truth. Expose the people around you to the truth of who you are. Allow the joy of the Lord to be your strength. 
and express it. And then we move to verse 17. It says, be unceasing in prayer, praying perseveringly. You know what that is? To be unceasing in your prayer, we talked about this last week, it's simply living life in His presence. It is yielding every moment to Him. It is speaking to Him whenever it hits your brain. Let me tell you something. Prayer is usually not your idea. It's God's idea. Because He wants to talk with you. When you feel like praying, don't think, oh, well, you know. That's just just me wanting to feel good about myself, or that's just me wanting. Now you you take it you take it to the next level. You say, "Oh, Father, I hear you. I want to share my heart with you. I want to speak with you." And you know what? One of the things that we that we want you to understand is that prayer is not that special moment in the closet, though it can be that. Prayer is the way we live. Now, here's the reality of it. Prayer is the balance of your soul. Prayer is the balance of your soul. Because in the soul, that being the mind, will, and emotion, we got all kinds of stuff coming into us, don't we? We've got all manner of distraction, all manner of entertainment and of, of problems and, and good things and bad things. Everything's hitting us at once, you know? What prayer does in the soul is this. It allows the Spirit of God to quiet all of those issues and take you back to reality. Now, I've used this illustration before, but it's, it's, it's very clear to me, and you mothers with small babies can relate to this. You know when you got a baby that's just frantic and doing all this number, you know, screaming, carrying on? A mother can pick that baby up and go, shh, 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 and hold it close, and the baby will settle down. It'll get quiet. Because he instinctively knows that his, his provider, his protector, his love, his security, all that he is, is holding him. Well, that's what prayer does for us. It's not about getting the words right. It's not about King James English. It's not about, it's not about getting the order right. It's about communing with your God. And it's balance for your soul. And then verse 18. Thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be. Be thankful and give thanks. For this is the will of God for you who are in Christ Jesus, the revealer and the mediator of that will. You know what that is? It's submission to the truth. It is declaring over your soul the very sovereignty and goodness of your God. When you say, thank you, Lord, you are saying, Lord, I recognize that you have brought this into my life. I recognize that I am held by you. I recognize that you are my salvation. I recognize that you are my provision. I recognize that you are the truth of my life. I recognize that you're sovereign over the circumstances of my life. That I'm not just drifting in the wind or holding myself in place. I am giving you thanks and praise because all that I am is given of you. Everything that has been good in my life has been given of you. Everything that I have experienced that has blessed my heart has been given of you. My relationships and my family have been given of you. Everything that I know and call the good of life has been given of you. I thank you for that. Now do you see what you're doing? You're submitting to the truth that He is your God. That's what Thanksgiving does for you. 
It is meant to bless you. God knows He did all that. He doesn't need you to remind Him. But when you do, you recognize, you submit to the truth in your life. Now that's what Paul gave in the way of instruction. And this is behavior that is natural to the new creation. These commands are not imposed on us. They are to be exposed through us. That means that God Himself empowers us for these things. He doesn't ask us to do things that we may or may not be able to do. He asks us to do things that we will be blessed if we will allow Him to do through us. Because everything that He asks, He meets and He does within us. As I said last week, all three are natural for the child of God. They're commanded of us that we may live in a way that suits us. He's not telling us to act in a way that's not natural. Being happy in the faith it may not seem natural to you if you're a half-empty kind of person, but it is the truth. And if you start living to the truth, maybe you'll find that happiness. He says, believe it by faith if you can't believe it any other way. Go forward in the truth and do these things because they suit you. They are who you are. These should be natural to you, like breathing. Now, how many of you out there have taken voice lessons? Well, I know most of my family has, okay? When you take voice lessons, and even if you, if you ever took diving lessons or anything that involves breathing, they tell you how to breathe, right? And when they tell you how to breathe, you ladies, when you have uh, begin to have or have had babies, they'll tell you how to breathe, how you should breathe. When somebody's telling you how to breathe, suddenly breathing doesn't seem natural anymore. It's like you're, you're tr- you've got to think about it. You've got to do it, you know. It, it's no longer just a, a function. Even now you guys are thinking about your breathing. Why? Because I brought it up. And you know what? The bottom line is that when you're not focused on breathing, you breathe naturally, don't you? It just comes to you. I mean, nobody in here took a class on how to breathe naturally, did you? If you did, well, you can reprove me after the service, but... You know, the bottom line is this. This is a natural function for us. And what Paul is saying, these things are natural for the child of God. They're not something that we are having to do. They are the natural expression of who we are, just like breathing. Matthew eleven twenty nine and 30, Jesus is speaking and he says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle, meek, and humble, lowly in heart, and you will find, listen to this, you will find rest, relief, and ease, and refreshment, and recreation, and blessed quiet for your souls. That's your mind, will, and emotion. For my yoke is wholesome, useful, Good, not harsh, hard, sharp, or pressing, but comfortable, gracious, and pleasant. And my burden is light and easy to be borne. Do you know what the yoke is? Uh, It's the commandments. No. If it were the commandments, we'd be in the Old Covenant, wouldn't we? It's not the commandments for us. Because when Jesus died and was resurrected, the new covenant began and he fulfilled every commandment. Now it's no longer about keeping the law, it's about the life. So what he is saying is this for us, he is saying, take on my life. 
If you'll take on my life, you will find it is easy. Now for us, you know what that really means? You know what he's saying? It suits you. It's good for you. It's the way you were made. It's natural for you. Take it on. And let me tell you, when you take it on, your mind, will, and emotions, when you allow that life to flow through your soul, then what is going to happen? Well, you will find rest. You will find ease and refreshment and recreation. And get this, blessed quiet. Now this, this, this age that we live in is not about quiet at all, is it? Right? I mean, we got the iPod, we got iPad, we got stereo, we got all these kind of things going on. Music, television, it's going. I've got surround sound now, so because I'm half deaf, I no longer have to listen. I can feel it. It's, it's just amazing how much noise we create for ourselves. We've got to have more and more noise. But do you ever get the feeling in, within you that you just can't handle anymore? Do you ever get the feeling that you're just on sensory overload and inside you're just about ready to explode? You can't handle it? You know why that is? I'll give you a scientific reason for that. You can't handle it. You weren't made for it. That's why it's doing that. That's why it's having that effect. Did you know that your soul, and you know what? God made the soul so he would know. Your soul was made for quiet. It was. That's your mind, will, and emotion. Now, I'm not saying we need to spend the rest of our days listening to elevator music. But I am saying this. I am saying that God says, be still and know that I am God. You know what that really means? That means in the midst of all the distraction, in the midst of all the things going on around me, I can, because I have his life within me, I can find a stillness by focusing upon him. A quietness. And get this, he says he will refresh my soul. And in the Psalms he says, I will restore your soul. We need restoration. Not once in a great moon, not when we have revival, but we need restoration moment by moment. We need salvation and revival within the soul. It's where the greatest need is. This is how God intended for the Christian to live. You know, none of these things that Paul's talking about have their source in your natural ability. They don't have their source in anything but Jesus. There is within us a life that will naturally produce the attributes of Christ's life if we will but yield. And you know what that life is? It is the Spirit of God in you, in union with you, in your spirit. Galatians 5:22 and 23 says, But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which His presence within accomplishes, is love, joy, Gladness, peace, patience, and even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, humility, self-control, self-restraint, continence. Against such things there is no law that can bring a charge. The Spirit's very presence accomplishes this. It says there at the beginning of the verse, you don't accomplish it. The Spirit's presence accomplishes this. It's natural. That's the life of the vine in you. The life of the vine in you will create this life. It will flow through you. It will naturally bear the fruit of a spirit. Because that's what the branch was created to do. 
to naturally bear fruit. The branch doesn't have to take a course on fruit bearing. The branch doesn't sit in the orchard and grunt and groan to produce fruit. But that life that flows through us, that vine life which naturally, which is the Spirit of God, is meant to flow through us, is to produce that fruit. It is to produce that fruit upon us, and that is our blessing. Jesus, in speaking to his disciples in the book of John, says, John 14, verses 15 through 17, he says, If you really love me, you will keep, obey my commands. And if he had stopped there, I think all of the disciples would have said, Oh, well, we'll try. <laughs> I'm not sure how we're supposed to do that. Isn't that, your, isn't that your reaction when you hear a preacher talk about all the things you're supposed to be doing? How you're supposed to be behaving? Oh, that's great. I'll uh, get right on that. I'm not sure I can handle that. I can barely handle just being patient. That love thing and all the rest of that, that would be a real challenge. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby, that he may remain with you forever. What is he supposed to do for us? How is he supposed to make these things happen? He says, you're not going to do this. I'm going to ask the Father to put a life in you that will be a comforter, a counselor, a helper, an intercessor, an advocate, a strengthener, and a standby. And get this, that he may remain with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, welcome, take to its heart, because... It does not see him or know him or recognize him, but you know and recognize him, for he lives with you constantly and will be in you. Speaking of the Spirit of God, he says two things. He makes the point. He says he'll never leave you. He's not going to leave you. Well, why would Jesus make the point at that point? Well, he made the point because he was fixing to leave. And all the comfort and everything that they had received from Christ at that point had been external. They put all their hope in that body, in that person that, that was always near, but could leave. You know, see, if you read through the Gospels, the disciples, you know, when Jesus walks around the corner, they're like, where'd he go? Where'd he go? What's he, where's he gone? Where's he gone? It's because their life is tied to his physical presence. But Jesus says, I'm going to do you one better. Everything that you have received from my presence... Everything that you have received from my proximity to you, from my loving externally upon you, from my leading you externally, everything that you needed from me and need from me, that you have discovered that I do for you, I'm going to do in you. I'm going to be with you. And what's more, I'm never going to leave you. I have been your protector. Now I will be your protector within your protection will never leave your side. You won't have to look for me. I have been your provision. Now I will be your life and your provision. You won't have to wait for Jesus to show up to do it. Jesus will be right there within you. In everything that the disciples ever received from Christ, everything that they believed Christ to be, that was met through the physical presence of Christ, He's saying, I will meet in you through the Spirit of Truth. 
The Spirit of God empowers obedience in us, just as he did in Jesus, when Jesus walked the earth. The same source that Jesus had, we have within us. That life that he put within us is to empower us to walk in fellowship with him, to know him, to allow that life to minister, to expose itself to the people around him. I remind you again of the verse in John 15:5. apart from him, what can you do? Nothing. We are of the Spirit if we live in accordance to who we are. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 through 18 will be our expression. That's the Christian life. It's empowered by our union with His Spirit. And this is what Paul wants the Thessalonians to be mindful of. To walk in by faith. You see, he's not going to be there with this fledgling church. He's not going to be there to instruct them along the way. He isn't. He had to leave early. What is, it, what is most important for them to know? That everything they need to live the Christian life is within them. It's within them. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Remember what he, what he wrote them in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1. He says, Furthermore, brethren... We beg and admonish you. Look at the passion in that. It's like saying, we beg. We really want you to understand this. And admonish you in virtue, in virtue of our union with the Lord Jesus. That you follow the instructions which you've learned from us about how you ought to walk. So as to please and gratify God, as indeed you are doing. And that you do so even more and more abundantly, attaining yet greater perfection in living this life. He's saying, live it out. That greater perfection that you would attain is in the experience of appropriating the life that you already have. It's you becoming more accustomed to yielding to the life within you. It's you no longer looking to yourself and to others to meet the need, but immediately turning your face towards Him and saying, Father, you are my provision, and you are meeting my need. And as you begin to rest in that, as you begin to understand that, that he meets all of those requirements in you, then it becomes real to you. By the way, my wife mentioned the covenant that God made with Abraham. The covenant, the new covenant that he was going to make with all of the people. And and he had Abraham go through the traditional practice of of how we make a covenant, and he took the the animal and he split him in two, and he put him on both sides of the path. And traditionally, in order for the covenant to be bound, he must walk with the other individual on the path. But you know what happened next? He put Abraham to sleep, and he walked it alone. Why is that? Because what he wants for you to do is rest. To rest in the truth that He meets every need. That He fulfills the covenant. That His life in you fulfills every demand upon you. Paul says, I want you to understand that it is the life within you. Galatians 5.25, he says, If we live by the Holy Spirit, let us walk by the Spirit. If by the Holy Spirit we have our life in God, let us go forward, walking in line. Our conduct controlled by the Spirit. The life force of how we behave as Christians is the Spirit of God within us. 
Now, if you are a Christian, you live by the Spirit. But you must choose to walk by the Spirit. That's why he says, let us walk, also walk by the Spirit. There's a choice involved. You have to choose. You can refuse to follow the leading of the Spirit. You, can, you, you have a choice. You know, we're surrounded by externals. We're surrounded by this flesh and, and the flesh of others. And we begin to evaluate and, and judge life in accordance to this. And what is valuable is what is valuable to this. And what is painful is what is painful to this. And it's all about this external. And you know what? It's an interesting thing. That when you're young, you feel like you're improving. But as you start getting older, you find out this flesh is actually diminishing. It's actually beginning to die. And it's meant to. You know why? Because we're not principally flesh. We're principally spirit. And you know what? Victory in learning to live upon the planet is learning that you are spirit and living out of the spirit. The spirit of God in you. Allowing that. Now walking in it. Allowing that to permeate the truth of your circumstances. It doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing. Nothing takes life from you. The body dies, but your life is eternal. And you live in the eternity of truth. Thank you for joining Pastor Todd Granger for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation, rest in His life moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. If you'd like to know more, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And you're invited to join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If you would like to help support this ministry, send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. And finally, this coming week, our hope is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you. And remember, wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.